Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Zarianis. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I am your host. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that the August-September issue of Taekwondo Life Magazine is available in digital and print everywhere that magazines are sold. Our cover story this issue is Grandmaster Un Nam Kwan, a distinguished Taekwondo practitioner and master, a master of Taekwondo, Hapkido, and Kumdo, the art of the sword. I encourage you to check it out. It is getting great reviews. Today's podcast, we are pleased to have Master Ali Gafour. Master Gafour had a distinguished competitive Taekwondo career in Canada. He was a four-time member of the Canadian National Taekwondo team. He was a highly regarded competitor and he was a hopeful for the 2008 Canadian Olympic team. In 2007, he announced his retirement from competitive Taekwondo sparring and he went on to pursue his education and his entrepreneurial spirit becoming involved in several business ventures. As life would have it, his passion brought him back to the Taekwondo world, where now, as a older, more mature, more educated, and more business-savvy individual, he has embarked on a venture as the CEO of 2020 Armor, a PSS equipment company that is changing the game of Taekwondo in and out of the dojang. Master Gafour talks to us today about that venture, about his life, and about his hope for the future of Taekwondo as a professional sport. So we are talking today to Master Ali Gafour of the CEO of the 2020 Armor Corporation. Uh, Master Gafour was the four-time Canadian uh, National Taekwondo team member. He was an Olympic hopeful for the 2008 Olympics, representing uh, Canada, and he uh, announced his retirement in 2007 from competitive Taekwondo, but through his entrepreneurial efforts and his love of the the sport, he has uh, remained extremely active and is now um, a significant driving force in something that we'll talk about uh, regarding the equipment and electronic uh, scoring. So, Master Gafour, thank you for joining Taekwondo Life Magazine. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. So, very good. So, so let's talk for for those folks who are not um fully familiar with your with your background. Um we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that and then we'll 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 get into uh, your more recent ventures. So, I know that you are from Canada and I know that you got involved yeah. around uh, as a teenager. Uh, in in Taekwondo, I've I've heard you talk about that a little bit later than um, than some folks um, earlier than others. But tell us, how'd you get involved in Taekwondo training? Yeah, sure. Well, we all have to thank Van Dam for that. Um, he uh, he was the one who inspired me to take my first uh, Taekwondo class here in Toronto. I was 13 years old, and as you mentioned, sir, that's a, a little bit later than what kind of kids start today, you know, around the six or seven-year-old mark, but I started at 13 as a white belt and 
just never stopped. I had a really great first instructor who, um, and, and the school I, I went to happened to be a, a competition school. I didn't know what to look at. I didn't know I liked competition until I went to my first tournament um, one month later, which is unheard of in in most sure. schools today. And then I just I just liked it. I just never I just never stopped. And then I competed at more local tournaments, provincials, nationals, international tournaments, been to three world championships. And uh, all this stuff has been um, uh, has been life altering for me. And uh, uh, again, I went to the Pan Am Games. That was my last game as a competitor in 2007. And as you mentioned, I was in the top four to be in the Olympic team in 2008, but we could only send two males, and I didn't have quite enough points to to get there. So I retired, and um, uh, loved the whole process of uh, the people I met. The, the way my mind is shaped, my body was shaped throughout that whole process uh, has been invaluable for me. And, and now that the state of WTF or WT Taekwondo has changed so much where a lot of people don't like watching it, uh, much less competing it, I felt uh, a great responsibility and burden on my shoulders to help change that. And I kind of fast forward a little bit into what we're doing at 2020 Armour. But uh, that's kind of been my, my, my Taekwondo path. Uh, I also have a degree in computer science from the University of Toronto, which is one of the largest universities here in Toronto and well-known for the computer science program. I'm very passionate about technology, uh, which is kind of, I guess, why all these stars aligned for, for me doing what I'm doing right now. And, um, yeah, those are kind of like the two big, uh, I guess, uh, paths that, uh, that have led uh, both my education and Taekwondo that have led me into into where I am today with my business. Well, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting marriage of your sports passion and your technology um, background, and we'll get into that. So, a couple of uh, background questions, some things that that are always of interest to me is, uh, and sometimes it's a product of uh, more of opportunity. Uh, how is it that you ended up um, beginning training in Taekwondo as opposed to karate, kung fu? jiu-jitsu, uh, judo, something of that nature? Was it just a product of um, simply study or was it a product of a pro- geographic proximity or how did that come to be? Yeah, great question. And I realized that I didn't think I even answered your first question is how did I start? <laughs> I, said, I said Van Damme, but the, the, what a, I, I started because I was watching a Van Damme movie at my neighbor's house and they uh, they were already taking Taekwondo at a local, uh, the local gym. And uh, the kids were about my age, and the parents try. You know, parents can tell when kids are into things, and they can sure. tell that that uh, I was into that movie. And they said, "Hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come try some Taekwondo classes?" And you know, in our area, um, Taekwondo was probably a little bit more popular than karate, and so there were quite a lot of Taekwondo schools. And uh, it just happened to be that, you know, the neighbors that I was with that day, they were taking Taekwondo. And I, I never really sought out other martial arts. I, I was happy with, with the sure. instruction I was getting with the, with the competition scene. So I never really bothered looking. And I never even wanted to uh, venture out. And um, so I guess by a function of the sport already being popular in that area is, is why I took it, which is, I guess, kind of why most people do any sort of sport, right? If there's like a good gymnastics program or soccer program, and you kind of take it. Sure. 
Now, I don't have great familiarity with the structure of, um, you know, Taekwondo on a competitive level in um, Canada, although I, I spoke a little bit to uh, Grandmaster uh, Michael Sirota, who does the, uh, who's a real leader in the para-Taekwondo movement. Yes. But I'm mm-hmm. curious about, um, you know, in the United States, uh, I understand that, you know, USAT is a very, very supportive of um, competitive uh, Olympic hopefuls. Um, they're very involved in that process. How does it work in, in Canada? Is it as um, is it similar? Uh, is it is it more um, is it centralized in terms of that 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 process for national competition of of representing uh, Canada in uh, international and, and and national events, or, or or is it more more regionalized? Yeah, I, I've also had the benefit of being a board member for Taekwondo Canada as well, so I'm very familiar with its its structure and organization, <clears throat> and so. Taekwondo Canada, and quite frankly, any national governing body worldwide, really, is set up similar to to the the USAT in that a majority of its funding comes from Sport Canada, which is uh, funded by the Olympic Street. And their their primary goal is to um, make Olympic champions gold medalists. But the the challenge with that is (laughs) it's a chicken and egg problem, right? Where are you going to get those Olympic gold medalists other than grassroots? And so how do you fund the grassroots program when, you know, the, the little money that you get is barely enough to do operations as, a, as a, you know, the staff that you have for Taekwondo Canada and, the, and the, you know, the five or six athletes that are on your uh, projected list to, to go to the Olympics. So it's a, it's a big challenge uh, for any sport governing body in terms of um, supporting the high level and also having enough programs at a grassroots level. To, to facilitate the, the next generation. Um, but yeah, it, it is set up ex- almost exactly the same. There is a CEO or executive director, there's a board, uh, which again, I was a part of, and there's a small staff of usually four or five or six, um, maybe even two, depending on, on you know, the year. And, and their primary goal is, is to um, get people on, on, on the podium to get medals, uh, and specifically at, at big games like the World Championships, Canon Games, and Olympic Games. Very good, very good. I, I always like to get a, a sense of of what's going on, so it's, I appreciate that uh, that 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 enlightenment. So, tell me for yourself before we get into some some other aspects of the business um, part of it. Is you announced your retirement from competitive, um, uh, you know, competition in two thousand and seven? Have you continued to train, to coach, to teach, to be involved in things on the mat, or is all of your work uh, behind the scenes now, and in, in in terms of development of of programs for uh, Taekwondo? Yeah, no, great question. So the first two years, I, I took cold turkey. So from 2007 up until 2009, I did nothing. I didn't coach. I didn't practice. Um, I did nothing uh, because I devoted so much of my life and time as a high-performance player that uh, I didn't put as much time into uh, other parts. So my computer science degree, for example, I, I did that while I was competing. But I thought, you know what, now is a good time to explore that and other, and maybe starting other businesses, which, which I did. Um, so this actually is my, my second investor-backed business uh, done some before. And so I, I, I gave myself those two years to, to explore uh, that, that part of myself. And then afterwards, I realized there's so much that I've, I've, I've gained as an athlete. And, you know, there's still other students that I was saying, that were training with me when I retired that are still competing. And it would, it would be such a shame to take a lot of that 
effort put into something and not share with somebody who was eagerly looking for it. And there were quite a lot. Um, and so I decided to coach uh, part-time, um, volunteer coach at my friend's school with a national team member with me. And he had a whole bunch of athletes that were trying to uh, make it to the next level of their development. And uh, so I did that for once a week for about, about five years. Um, and then I started my own family. I have two children now. And then with that, it became a little bit harder to vote the, that extra free time. Uh, and then also now, starting with 2020 Armour, which was three, three and a half years ago, um, that time became limited. Um, but now on obviously contributing to the sport from a completely different level. And so basically my whole life, I've only had that two-year break <laughs> and I've been involved in the, in the sport one way or another uh, since the age of 13, and I'm, I'm 39 now. Well, that's great. That's great, and I appreciate it by way of people getting a better understanding of you know who you are and what your and what your background is. So now tell us tell us a little bit. Um, I'm going to skip over some of your. I know you've been involved in several um, entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, but you've come to a point where uh, the your your the partners that you're involved with 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 2020 Armor, where you come together and you have this. This, this brainchild. Tell us a little bit about that and the development of the 2020 Armor as a concept and as a company. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm really passionate about this for, for a bunch of reasons. I mean, if you, if you ask the general public how any martial arts, psychono, karate, boxing, scoring works, no one knows. They have no idea how the scoring works. And that is such a huge limiter for the, uh, uh, for, for the sport. Um, you ask them how soccer works, basketball, hockey, they all know exactly how the sport works. And so, you know, when, when we were training, when I was training with my, with my training partners and we were finishing sparring, and actually like, who won? I'm like, I did. And then he'd be like, no, I did. And, and we're okay with that. We're okay with just guessing what the result of a match is, which I, I think is, is, is silly because no other sport does that. Sure. Um, and so that was the fundamental kind of driver for this. And yes, there is obviously scoring at a high level, like, uh, you know, Olympic sport championships and some of the uh, uh, higher level competitions, provincials or state championships. But out of 100 members in the school, only one or two maybe compete, right? So it's only a, a, available for, for the high level competition. But the, the person who's just a yellow belt or a white belt, why shouldn't they know what the score is? So that was, the, that was the first problem we're trying to solve is, is, is that is the difficulty of understanding scoring um, or, or sorry, not even being able to track scoring. Uh, and then the, the second part is the difficulty of understanding scoring. So like the point-based system, you can ask me who, who you know, has been involved in the sport quite a long time and is active in the industry how the current point scoring system works. And I have to check myself every few. I have to say, I think it's that. I think it's five points if you spin to the head. You know what I mean? And so it's very complex. Two points to the body, punch one point, three points if you spin and kick to the, to the body. The general public, again, is, is very confused by all that. So the second problem what's solved is you should simplify that. Um, and you have to take a look at the history of why point scoring is the way it is. Um, and I can get into that, but it's, you know, it's very difficult for a human to essentially um, judge a, a, a combat sport. And so video games actually solved this a long time ago with their health bar scoring system. You have 100% health, and as you get kicked, your health goes down. Once you lose all your health, you lose. 
because it takes into account the power of a technique, which a human cannot do. So humans can only say yes or no, and very binary, whether the point or not. And so, you know, video game sports scoring fell with a long time ago. So we said, well, let's also make the scoring easy to understand. So we use the health bar system. And then when we solve both of those challenges, uh, making it easy and accessible, the, the scoring for the mass market, the 99 who don't compete, and putting it to a scoring system that they understand, then you solve a whole bunch of problems. You make the sport accessible to the general public because it's easy to understand. You speak the language that they understand, which is video games. Um, and they get that feedback of what they're doing instantly. So they train longer and they're more interested to actually pick the sport. So that's okay. kind so, of, of the long-winded answer. Sure. No, no. That, that, that's, that's great. And what I want to do is I want to peel it back a little bit in the sense that for somebody who's never seen – I've benefit. One of the things I didn't mention at the beginning is I've seen uh, – I trained with uh, Grandmaster Wyatt Park and, and Master Edward Park in, in New York, and, and they use – uh, 2020, and they've had a mm-hmm. tournament recently where they've used it. And uh, I've mm-hmm. worked with uh, Master Michael Mertens for Taekwondo Professionals, so I know that you did a uh, a, a presentation for them at their recent yeah. uh, Buffalo seminar. So, but for those who've mm-hmm. never seen um, 2020 yeah. armor, can we explain exactly what it is? In other words, uh, from a tangible standpoint, if 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 we're yeah. if we're in a Taekwondo school. What is 2020 armor? What does it look like, and what is it? What does it do? Um, sure. So that you know that, that people can get a, a better sense of it. Yeah, it's very simple. Um, it's a vest that you wear. It looks like a regular Taekwondo vest, um, and inside it is uh, a sensor um, that measures the impact. And right on the vest itself is the display, uh, and the display has three components, which is one person's health bar, the other person's health bar, and the center ring, which is the timer. And then there's four buttons on the top, which chooses your game mode. There's 10 different game modes, the sensitivity of the vest, how long you want the round to go for, and start. So everything's all contained within the vest itself. So, you know, you have 30 students, one instructor. You don't have time to go around and, you know, fiddle around with technology, make sure that the Bluetooth is working or not. No, all the kids operate them themselves. Again, we're club owners as well, so we know the difficulty of running classes. And so you've got this whole self-contained system where the display, the controls, everything's on the vest. And then with, the, with, the, with that display and then the, the, the timer, we can do a whole bunch of things. I, just, I, I describe the, the, the one game mode, which is the, what we call energy scoring, where both people have 100% health and as you get hit, the health goes down. But we actually have um, nine other games that do various things, like test your speed on your reaction or your power. And all those are, 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 are built into the best itself. That's great, and and my experience with with visualizing it is two things. Number one is that it's a ve- it is very simple to, um, it is n- it's not complex to use. Uh, it's simple mm-hmm. to use. It's simple to understand, uh, and that it is um, it is very uh, intuitive when you're viewing it. You can you know again the spectator has the ability to very easily understand. Um, what is going on in terms of uh, who's ahead and who's behind, and, and perhaps some of that is generationally because people are more, uh, you know, they, they have that, you know, my my kids never say time out, they say pause, and I laugh. They'll say, <laughs> we're playing a game, they say, can we pause? And I, I go, oh, right. time out when I was a kid, but uh, the language right. has changed because of the video game generation. So, right. um, so it is. Now tell me about, I, I know that I had uh, read that, uh, and, I, and I may be a little bit behind, 
that you were because because up until now it's been the hogus, which is which is great, but doesn't necessarily account for. And I'm not sure how um, you account for head um, divisions where there would be head kicks, even in localized Ooh. tournaments. But I understand that you are either coming out with or have come out with um, headgear that that accompanies it. Is, has that happened yet? And how will that change the the utilization of the uh, of the product? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're super excited about that because the Taekwondo headgear hasn't changed for decades. If you remember, um, uh, there's the one that had like a, a whole bunch of elastic and a big hole sure. in the ear. Uh, you remember those ones? Sure. And then after, and then after that, it was the foam dip one. And that's about it. That's all we've gotten. Um, yeah, and then you have the electronic helmets for high-level competition, but they're also on the foam dip one. So there's been very little innovation on that front, and so what we built is something, and we'll be releasing it at the end of this year. We're super, super excited about the one because it's, it's affordable, again, affordable for the masses, and, and the technology that we have built in there in terms of comfort, in terms of design, in terms of actually displaying, there'll be a display, uh, again, on the helmet itself, whether you got here, it'll be simple control. Um, and, and then, so once you have that, the headgear, and you have the vest, then you have the complete system for most striking martial arts. So Taekwondo, Karate, Boxing. It, it wouldn't be a scoring system for MMA or, or, or um, kickboxing, but it could be a training system for them. But for Taekwondo, for sure, it could be a scoring system also, and, uh, as well for Karate uh, and Boxing as well. And so that's... And then the first thing that you would need to make an official official scoring system is, is an app. And so we have a phone app that's optional. Again, you don't need it um, because that's important for the simple ease of use for a class setting. But if you do want to use it for like a tournament setting, you can literally just touch your phone against the vest. It syncs up the displays on the vest itself or on the, on the phone itself, and it tells you all the raw data as well, so how hard you were hitting, what's your reaction time, all these sort of things. That's available. And that's very significant because in Taekwondo, and most martial arts, we don't track those things. Um, I'm sure, sir, you never tracked it when um, you were practicing. And I know that. Sure. The reason I know that is because I never practiced it when I was, <laughs> I never measured it when I was practicing. I retired about 10 years ago. And I know the national team athletes uh, worldwide personally, and they don't track it. So we don't track our power, our speed, our stamina, our reaction time. Unless you go to a dedicated facility, and maybe you do that once a year, if that uh, and so it's, it's something that just doesn't happen. And so with the app and for the pro players, we'll have the ability to actually track that. And so now they can tell, are they peaking? Are they plateauing? Are they going down? Does their training need to change uh, because of a tournament coming up? And you can do this at home or at your gym anytime you want to. You don't have to go to a specialized facility, and, and the best can do all that for you. That's very interesting. So that, that ability to give you real statistical data with which you can track progress is, is significant. Mm-hmm. I had interviewed a, a, several years ago, I interviewed Mick, uh, Mickey Clegg, who was the um, one of the trainers for Aaron Cook, and he has this mm-hmm. you know, state-of-the-art facility. And again, much of that stuff is done using sig- very, very expensive equipment in very expensive right. facilities and, right. and, and on a significant basis. And now it, it, it gives the the ability to uh, to, to do it in, in a much more uh, regular and accessible fashion without having to, again, as you said, go to a special facility to do that. So that's 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 that's, that's, that's very interesting. So now, when when the helmet uh, when when the headgear comes out, 
Will the headgear and the hogu be integrated so that the um, the readout will be the same? So that, in other words, if it's a, a shot to the head or a shot to the body, that it will register um, the same um, for, from the standpoint of the, the overall match in terms of determining uh, uh, when when you win or or, or lose. Uh, those things will will be in sync, or those things will have separate will be separately uh, monitored. How will that work? Yeah, or great, is that not yet determined? Great question. Yeah, they'll, they'll be the part of the same score. So you'll have 100% health at starting the match. Um, and uh, whether you get hit to the head or to the body, will take off on that same health bar. Um, what we are considering is maybe adding a bonus if you hit to the head, uh, maybe like a multiplier, either 1.5 times or two times. Uh, wouldn't be more than two times. And uh, just to do account for the account for the fact that sure. Uh, you know, the head is a little bit harder, but we definitely don't want to do where the, what the current sport has done is make it such a um, a big advantage to to go to the head where it doesn't even matter if you have a body anymore. Uh, where if you're if you're super tall and lanky right. and have a high reach, you'll almost have a ninety percent chance of winning, and so we want to avoid that as well. Okay, now it, it, it's interesting because. Um, in looking at the world, which has changed so dramatically, I, I just did in, in the um, the recent issue of the print issue of Taekwondo so Life, we did a yeah. uh, piece from Taekwondo One, and we did the mm-hmm. uh, the evolution of, of the of the hogu from you know no hogu to you know move, right. moving forward. Right, we did a visual uh, representation in, in photographs, but now we're in a state where things are, have evolved so, so rapidly. So you're in a space where there are other companies that have products in the same space, but they're different. Mm-hmm. And they have a sort of a yeah. different application. Um, many of them are being being used here um, for um, USAT national qualifying events and things and things of mm-hmm. that nature. Where do you mm-hmm. see the place of 2020 in in that? Is it as a competing uh, competing in that space, or is mm-hmm. it more in the tra- in the training space? Or is it somewhere in both, or is it, or is it a completely different space? How do you view the current state, and what is the goal for the future for 2020? Yeah, great question. So we have to, we have to understand why and how the current electronics started in the first place. Was it was the response to uh, bad refereeing uh, and corruption in, in 2008, and so electronics was put in pretty hastily to solve that problem, and it did an okay job of that. There's a lot of shortcomings. It solved a lot of challenges, but created a lot of challenges as well. And so that's and, and it, it's an extremely expensive price point, difficult to use, and, and all that. But there's nothing available for day-to-day trading. Uh, and so what we said was, let's solve that problem first. First of all, the larger market, um, and there's nothing that's affordable. And so if we can do that, we can collect a whole bunch of data. We can we can really iron out the details of the system, make sure it works really well, um, and and then build build a, a groundswell of local clubs who use the system, who get business value out of the system so that their, their technical schools are doing better because they're using our, our product because kids are training longer, um, kids are taking it up because it, it looks like they're playing a video game. And then all the while, um, what's happening already organically is they're having local tournaments and they're having tournaments with our system and it's a lot more exciting, it's a lot more fun, it's a lot easier to operate. And then at some point, um, these tournaments are, are going to happen and they're going to go up and up to a higher level. We're going to have fights with professional black belts and they're going to be using our system. And it's, it's already kind of, it's already happened and using the current technologies and our system is just more exciting. It's just more exciting to play in and it's more exciting to watch. 
And then at some point, the World Taekwondo will have to, uh, I believe, uh, use use our, our technology because of all all the challenges that we're solving that that exist in the sport today. And and we're uniquely positioned because um, a we we have a patent on 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 the systems that we built, and also the sensor that we use is very unique. And so I, I think eventually sport taekwondo will will also come around. Um, but we're starting at the grassroots level, at the recreational level. And, uh, and then so eventually we'll, we'll be competitors uh, to those systems. But I think at that point, what we're proposing is that the system itself, the, infrastructure, the, the structure has to change, and we have the solution based on that new structure. That's great. That's interesting. And from my observation, you know, I've seen um, dojangs and schools where they have had, uh, again, part of it is evolving space that they have had multiple um, types of systems. So your system has been used for training. I've seen your system used in, in, in localized um, tournaments and dojang tournaments. And then I've mm-hmm. seen those same schools participate in more uh, regionalized tournaments where there have been a variety of different um, uh, PSS systems. So it's, so it's definitely a very uh, – it's an, it's an interesting time. Do you find that there's more – um, from the standpoint of your, it, it, the company is um, is marketing and distributing internationally. Is that is that correct? Not obviously not in, or is it just located to North America at this point? Is it is it international? Mm-hmm. And where are you where are you finding um, the most interest and success in in being able to um, demonstrate the product? Is it in Canada? Is it in the U.S.? Is it is it in the north? You know, this hemisphere. Yeah, it's. I mean, as a small company, you have to focus, um, and we are in 25 countries, uh, and that's all organically. We haven't spent we haven't spent a dollar on, on marketing uh, to date. All our growth has been organic, and the reason of that for that is because all my friends on Facebook and social media are all martial artists, and I'm I'm a peer. Um, so when I put something out there uh, of a product that um, you know I'm very passionate about, it, it's going to get a certain amount of traction. Um, and and it's going to get more traction in the areas where I have more of that network, which is in in North America, so U.S. and Canada. Um, so that's that's one part of the variable uh, of the function of why we're kind of grown there. Also, the second is light, language, time zone, and culture. Um, you know, we speak English very well, um, and we're in the same time zone, and we understand the culture. So Canada and, and U.S. is a, is a natural start for us. Uh, also, because we're always it's a problem, but it's a good problem. We're always out of stock, so we can't keep up with the orders that we have already. So it doesn't make sense for us to do, uh, you know, a European expansion or an Asian expansion or South American expansion today, uh, because we still have so much to service in, in North America, and we want to make sure we service well. One of the things that um, I think is also missing in our industry when it comes to electronics, because it's only been focused on, on the high-level competition, is just a really high level of support and service. Even though our systems are very easy to use, but simple things like how is my shipping going and, hey, if I have any problems, can we deal with it or how do I use it? So that we want to make sure that the high-level support is there. And to do that, we need to focus on you know the, the languages and cultures that we can address right away and hire for right away, which is, again, in North America. So we're starting with that, and then eventually we'll get to to Europe, and then and then Asia also, and South America. Well, that's great, and I think that those are important foundational principles for the the building of the base the base of any strong company that has uh, longevity. So I'm 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 a big believer in uh, building uh, 
what Ken Blanchard calls raving fans, right? Where people start to mm-hmm. say that not only is this product great, but the, um, but the, but the, but the company is great. You know, the, it's, right. it's a combination of the, of those things. So that's great. Right. So in the interest of, uh, in the interest of time, I want to be able to, uh, in winding down, um, I could talk to you for, for hours, but I'd like to be able to give mm-hmm. people the opportunity to, um, be able to do more, um, homework to find out more about, uh, you and about 2020 armor. So, um, I'm going to link a lot of this in the show notes, but if you can, can provide what is the best place for people to go, if they're interested for their, uh, for their Dojang and for, um, you know, their, their local tournaments, their local schools, their local Taekwondo organization or club, they're interested in finding out more about 2020 armor. Um, how, how can they do that? Yeah, our website has a lot of information, 2020armor.com. And, um, again, I'm, I'm very passionate about what we do. You can always reach out to me. It's uh, Ali at 2020armor.com, A-L-I at 2020armor.com. Um, and if you have any questions, um, you know, ideas, uh, this is a space of industry I'm extremely passionate about. And so those are the best ways to, 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 to get in touch. Um, one, one last thing uh, I, I do want to share is, the, the last part of our vision, which I didn't, we didn't touch on, but it, it grows the whole industry as a whole. My ultimate vision is to make Taekwondo a professional martial art, uh, just like soccer or basketball, something that we watch on TV. And when, when uh, because I believe with an easy-to-understand scoring system and with a, um, with a, a non-violent uh, sport, UFC and MMA are, are, are unboxing are too violent for parents to enroll their kids in. Uh, and I think sure. Taekwondo is a very is a very good sport that is very clean. Um, so if you make Taekwondo easy to understand, you make it uh, on a consistent schedule, and you, you you put the proper production value, I believe it can be just as popular as as soccer today. So that's my end goal. Because then what what happens is when kids watch those sports, the next thing they want to do is they want to go join their local Taekwondo school, martial arts school. And so that's the ultimate vision. That's what I'm trying to drive towards. So people who are interested in talking about that or can help with that. Um, Again, that was my email, and then our website kind of talked a little bit about some of that stuff too. And uh, that's yeah. a that's a very interesting perspective. And for you, you said something that that so many people have said to me in interviews, which is, I saw a movie, whether it be Bruce Lee or or Van Damme, because of the fact that there are not necessarily as many recognizable Taekwondo martial arts athlete mm-hmm. because of the of what you've you've right so somebody can say in basketball lebron james or michael jordan she sure. can say in football but in taekwondo or in the martial arts so many of those come from television and movies as opposed to the competitive world so it seems that that your 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 part of your vision is to, is to transform that so maybe down the road in 10 years when i'm interviewing somebody say well such and such athlete from the olympics or from um professional taekwondo the professional taekwondo league and, and that's league, league, yeah, league there, there. Sorry, i just want to say it's a huge void because i'm extremely passionate about it. it's a huge void because all we have right now is conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather you know are those two people that you want your kids to aspire to and yes they do put on the show i get that maybe that's not who their real personalities are but that's definitely not who i want my kids to emulate so i think we need some real martial artists out there that uh, exhibit the the, the the foundations and and what we actually preach in martial arts, like respect and, you know, indelible spirit and discipline and all that, and show well, that exactly. So. I appreciate that, and I respect that. And that's the reason that for so many of us, our children are in the martial arts. For me, I have four mm-hmm, boys. They're exactly. all in, in traditional martial arts because while I certainly want them to be able to defend themselves and fight, 
it's more important mm-hmm. to me that they're in an atmosphere of respect and self-fulfillment and self-actualization, which is which are the right. upsides of, of 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 good martial arts training. So that's right. Um, yeah, and we and they 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 have the benefit of us being martial artists as parents, so they have that they got that exposure to it, but not everybody has that. And so the other way is like you said, it's either movies or professional sports. So the more we can get this in front of other kids the more they can get these life skills that they aren't necessarily getting from school, but we know that's not taught in the school system, or their parents if they haven't had these lessons themselves. So uh, that's why it's a, that's what really drives me. I've asked myself, why, 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 why am I doing what I'm doing? It's that more kids practice martial arts. How is the way to get them to practice the most? Get it as a pro sport and work that way backwards, hence the best in 2020. Terrific. It's wonderful. I thank mm-hmm. you so much. Uh, Master Ali Gafour for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us. Um, we look forward to hearing more about your 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 you're in an exciting uh, uh, growth time and and you're making a major contribution towards the the betterment of the sport and the art and uh, we appreciate that and uh, we look forward to hearing more and and please keep us in touch uh, with recent developments in terms of the, the 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 products and and the company and we look forward to staying in touch with you and thank you so much for talking to us today thank you sir i do as well thank you today's episode is brought to you by 2020 armor 2020 armor offers electronic scoring vests which teaches the new generation of students the foundations of martial arts in a language they can understand Video games created by school owners and professional martial arts athletes. 2020 armor can be used in any classroom, no matter what style you teach. Check out 2020 armor at 2020armor.com. 2020 armor. Enjoy the fight. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.